You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Paint the Town Podcast, episode 74. Hell yeah, you man. bro. Good, woo. I'm, uh, so, you know, it's uh, Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. Um, cheers uh, to all you Mexicans out here. there. Um, what was it? Uh, victory. Cheers, man. It's actually victory over the uh, French. French. Victory over the French. That's right. What, in 1862? Something around there. But uh, the main thing is, you know, most people, they think it's like, Mexican Independence Day, which that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know, anytime you win a war, that's, you know, a uh, type of uh, independence, you know, you're, uh, well, maybe not. Anyway, so they, they, they beat the French. <laughs> it's the end. It's like, we're celebrating this, the winning of this battle, you know what I mean? But most Americans, it's like, uh, normally, without the COVID virus, if you're listening to this uh, way far from the future, um, we're going through the COVID-19 crisis right now. So uh, unfortunately, this year, it seems like most holidays, most of American holidays seems it involves drinking and gathering of people. So <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of gone this year. Well, anyway, my point is I, uh, my, my drink that I usually drink here is uh, ginger ale with a shot of Sunkist, uh, diet Sunkist, only because that's what the wife drinks. And I just was getting bored of ginger ale. So I tossed some of that in there. But I put a little bit of mezcal in today. Uh, mm. to cheers to the Mexicans. Cheers. Yes. Cheers, virtually. And uh, I got a Corona Familiar. So it's a special brand of Corona. It's funny. It's picking up on the green screen, the, uh, the label. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're just listening to the audio, we got the YouTube going on. And, uh, you know, you, if you want to check it out at our page, uh, youtube.com slash LA Street Art Gallery, you can find all the uh, recent episodes of the podcast because we've been doing the Zoom conference and uh, you can see the video as long as to, uh, you know, in addition to what, listening to the audio. So, uh, yeah, this Corona familiar, it's not the regular Corona, I guess. It's like the, uh, uh, I don't know, it just, it just says La Cerveza Mas Fina. So it's like. It's a finer one. Yeah, it's a finer one. Exactly. You know, so I'm enjoying it. It's a little bit more, uh, you know, I figure, you know, we'll give them a free plug since uh, they're not doing so hot right now during this Corona. Oh, man, I heard they shut down, basically. You know, it's funny. Actually, that was that's like semi fake news. It's like they did shut down. Right. But the thing is, like all Mexico had to shut down, like all the breweries, basically. You you know, I mean, so it's not like just like specifically Corona shut down because of the I mean, it. See how that's how they spin it, man. They tell you like, "Hey, Corona shut down because it of sounds better," you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually, what happened was they're like, "All right, we're gonna close all the public places." Then uh, the Me- a lot of the Mexicans kept on going out still, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna uh, to buy alcohol." Basically, they're like, "All right, we're gonna shut down all the alcohol plants," basically, because like people weren't really following the uh, the social distancing rules. You, you know what I mean? So. Anyway, I'm, I'm about tired of it, though, man. It seems like, at least in my neighborhood, in Orange County, man, it seems pretty normal now. Okay, I don't know, like, uh, people are out, there's traffic, you know what I mean? Like, there's no bars or restaurants open, but, I mean, 
you know, I order takeout a lot, man. So uh, it, it's kind of like the same, you know, I mean, for me at least now. What about you over there? Is, well, I mean, I'm, I'm in Encino. And yeah. um, since the, uh, the shutdown happened, um, there's been a development of like a morning and afternoon parade of people walking by you know with their kids or you know just getting out and going out for a walk or whatever um and you know before the before the shutdown you might see a couple of people walking by but not that much I so um and as far as uh around the neighborhood and stuff um i don't know it's there's there's definitely less traffic um but uh and there's a lot of places that are still closed down you know that look like they're closed down um so it's yeah I, there's definitely a, a noticeable difference and um like i said more people out walking around during the day um yeah and less people at night dude like at night as soon as nine o'clock hits it turns into a ghost town i see i see but Balance. you know um Part of me is a hermit, so <laughs> you know that part of me is really enjoying all this. Um, but the, yeah, man, uh, have you heard of? Hey, let me just ask you real quick: Have you heard of the Hong Kong flu of 1968, man? No, that was before I was born. Yeah. Okay. So one year, but yeah, it was before I was born. Yeah. So you know what's crazy right now, man? That okay. So apparently there was a Hong Kong flu of 1968, and in that pandemic, they don't like to call it the Hong Kong flu because. They, people were claiming it's racist but i'm chinese so i can call it that <laughs> but apparently Thank you. in 1968 uh there was a pandemic called the hong kong flu that killed a million people worldwide and a hundred thousand fucking americans okay look it up people okay look this shit up and it's considered a mild pandemic okay right now the numbers for fucking covid worldwide are like 250,000 or something like that, okay? And uh, um, I'm just saying, I don't know too much about that, but it's just strange to me that the media never mentions the Hong Kong flu. They want to go straight to 1918 when we were using fucking, you know, you know when we were, we were using whiskey as anesthetic, probably. <laughs> like, you, you know what well, I mean? you got the shivers, excuse you. <laughs> yeah, you'll be Let me the fuck out before, before, I, before I, you know, do the surgery. No, I'm just saying, it's weird, man, like, I, I didn't know about it either, man. And I looked it up and I was like, dude, what the fuck, man? And I'm just saying, if you compare the numbers, 100,000 fucking Americans died, man. Jeez. Okay. It's not a, it's not a small number, you, you know? No, that's... Uh... <laughs> and they didn't shut down. I mean, it's not the 60s. Things were different. But still, I mean, like, so, you know, and I just, it just brought to my mind, I was just like, you know what's weird, man? I mean, I support the scientists and, you know, them being safe and everything like that. But I always find that, you know, when you give the power to somebody, let's say you give the power to the governor, uh, you can open or shut down any businesses, right? It's really, really hard to take that power away from them because you've already given it to them, right? <laughs> I mean, is there, right? So I just, it's just something to think about, man. I think for the audience, man, because it's like, it's kind of crazy that uh, uh, nowhere in the media has mentioned the Hong Kong flu, man. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, I've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, and I haven't heard of them mentioning of it. Um, but, uh, you know, that's not surprising, though. 
Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like more fear, right? More fear, right? Yeah, what it seems like. Oh, dude, our, our guest is here, man. Oh, sweet. Today, we have a uh, Renda Ryder, man. I've never met him, man, but I've seen his work online, and it, he has some dope hand stylings, man. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to pull up all his art, but uh, he's calling in from, uh, where is he calling? He, he he's, comes from Miami, man, but he's calling in from Memphis, man, today, okay? So, uh, different oh, time wow. zone, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really appreciating a lot of his work, man. So, I'm just going to basically let him in, man, okay? All right. Cool. Let him in, basically. Welcome. Oh, he did not connect with audio. Hey, can you hear this okay? Audio. Give us a thumbs up if you can hear us, man. Okay, you can't hear us. <laughs> okay. Well, cheers. Uh, this this episode is brought to you by Corona Familiar and uh, Mescal. <laughs> So I'm just going to talk a little bit about his art. You know what? Wait a second. I'm, while we're waiting, um, okay. I want to say thank you to uh, Brian Callen for saying such cool things. Uh, totally caught me by surprise, you know. Um, he was uh, going to do a little shout out for us. And then um, it uh, started off kind of, you know, odd. And I was like, what's, where's he going with this? And then he caught me by surprise, man. Really, uh, you know, uh, kind of opened up a little bit of his knowledge into, you know, the importance of arts and uh, caught me by surprise. So thanks. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate yeah, you know what I'm waiting man. right now, man? Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of just play the, uh, play the, uh, the, the clip, man. And, you know, I can bring it up right here because it's, uh, oh, yeah? it's got technology. Cool. Yeah, we can do this. Meanwhile, I hope we get Rinda figured out. There he is again. There he is again. I think he's going to type in the chat. But uh, yeah, let me just pull this up real quick. Still not as bad as the IG Live, though. <laughs> yeah, the, I, the IG Live is a uh, oh, man, budget, I, right? So here he is. Did that here. not long ago. And here's the clip. Yeah, I, it, it's good when it's good, but holy cow, is it bad when it's bad? Well, there's a podcast out there called Paint the Town Podcast. Yo. Whoa, I heard something. Hey, Renda, how you doing? There he is. Hey. <laughs> I am doing very well. So you can hear me, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. All awesome, right, cool. Awesome. Okay, we'll go back to the Brian Callum video shout out in a little bit, man, because finally, uh, Renda... Uh, was able to connect his audio. Awesome, man! It's good to it's, it's good to talk to you, man. Heck yeah! Good to be here. I've I've where seen you. Uh, work. Where are you? Where are you joining us from? Right now, I'm in. Whoa. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Uh, it looked like right you now, fell. It's so funny. <laughs> but anyways, I'm I'm in West Memphis, which is in Arkansas. Memphis is in oh. Tennessee. And West Memphis is right across the Mississippi River in Arkansas. I know exactly where you are. I have an aunt that uh, lived in, in Memphis, and we'd go visit her, and we'd go out to Mud Island to um, see the Mud Island and uh, down to the Peabody 
Um, so yeah, I know uh, I know exactly where you are. Where you where you uh, where are you from originally? New York. Ah, uh, okay. What part? Awesome. Uh, I was born in Long Island in um, Nassau County in a small town called Deer Park. Okay. So I was born there, uh, but I also lived in Astoria, Queens for a while. Nice. For like nice. four years. So what brought you to? Lived- so what brought you to uh, uh, Miami and later Memphis then? Or Arkansas? Uh, well, I'm just constantly traveling. I, I'm a true nomad, like a, a real nomad. You know, a lot of times people in their Instagram profile or whatever, they're like, I'm a nomad. But really, they just like go on a vacation once a year and they think that's being a nomad. But <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really a nomad. I don't live anywhere. I'm not based anywhere. I don't have a home. I don't pay mortgage. I don't pay rent. I don't have an apartment. I, I, don't, I don't live anywhere. I just have a van and I go, I go where the art takes me, essentially. Like I go where I have to be. So I like to be, you know, where the opportunity is. I like to be where the money is. I like to be where the weather is nice. And I just go, you know, I just, I just go places. I mean, so I hesitate to even say that I'm based in Miami. I mean, a lot of people see me as a Miami artist. Okay. And that's cool. You know, I, I kind of got my start as an artist in Miami. So I did a lot of murals there, but really I just I represent Earth. You know, I, I represent I love Earth, that. Earth and consider myself human. So let me ask you, so from New you grew up in New York, nice, man. man. You grew up in New York, uh, Long Island area, and uh, like, what what, trans- what was the transition to Queens? Like, uh, d- you know, did you go to art school, or when did you, when did you uh, kind of start doing the street art thing? Well, I actually got involved in art uh, much later in life. Okay. I-, I went to college, but I didn't go to art school. I went to the University of Florida, and um, I majored in finance. So nice, you know. <laughs> now I'm an artist. Talents. Yeah, yeah. Well, finance wasn't a talent. It was just something I majored in, you know. But, uh, I don't know a damn thing about finance, uh, you know. But you got that paper, dog. You got that paper, though, right? <laughs> well, yeah, all I know is get that money. That's what I know. <laughs> get the, yeah, get that paper. But, okay, I, know, so- I, know, I know how to people send people my Venmo link and my cash <laughs> app, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, so- I went to college at the University of Florida. But uh, I lived in Long Island until I was 10. Then I moved down to Florida, like, with my family, and I lived outside of Fort Lauderdale for, Mm. like, the next, you know, uh, nine years. And then I went to college, University of Florida, which is in North North Florida in Gainesville. And then I graduated with a degree in finance, and then I moved back to New York, um, and that's when I lived in Astoria, Queens. Nice. Teach was actually uh, from Florida before he moved out here, too. Oh, yeah, right I know exactly. Yeah. I have friends that went to University of Florida. I've been to Gainesville and party at the campus of University of Florida a long time ago. Um, yeah. And I used to be like you, dude. I used to be a, a nomad, just like <laughs> you, dude. I was all over the place. I, I lived in Florida, then I was up in, um, I was in Arizona, then I went to California, I was up in um, Chicago. I was in, um, actually lived in um, Nashville for a little while. Um, but, uh, you know, now I'm married and I uh, got twins, uh, twin nine-year-olds. So uh, I guess the best thing I can tell you is uh, don't, don't get married or have kids. Unless you, <laughs> unless you find a lady that likes to travel like you do. 
you know, that's nice. But then don't have kids, okay? Yeah. Unless no, you just I have agree. one. You know, if you just have one, it's just like a little bread muffin you carry around with you, you stick in somewhere, you know, it's, it's no big deal. But if you got two like me, then that's a life changer. Each always yeah, says yeah. don't have them two at a time, basically, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah anyway, no, I, I, I think that's the key to my success is staying single and staying, you know, just like free of, of responsibilities, you know? <laughs> no wife, no kids, no pets, no, no nothing, man. All I, I'm very like one track minded, you know? And that's, I think that's why I'm successful because I don't really care about nothing except, you know, living my dreams, doing my art and just being happy, you know? And that's, that's why I'm happy. That's why I'm healthy. You know, that's why I feel young. Cause I just, I do what my heart tells me. And you know, just so people works. have an idea, um, how old are you, or about how old are you? How old do you think? Well, you, we're looking at you. You got a beard. You got a nice beard. Uh, I got some beard envy going on. Um, <laughs> I see a little bit of gray in the beard, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna say you got to be at least forty something, maybe early forties. Yeah, I'm forty-one. Ah. Nice. It's the beard, man. It's the beard. It's the gray in the beard. You know what I mean? But you look young other than that. You look like if you shaved your beard. And your um, energy, man. I love your energy, man. Uh, yeah. Great smile. Got a great smile and everything. So, Thank um, you. okay. So when did you said that you, uh, so you graduated from Gainesville with a business degree and then I uh, went up to, to Queens to New York. And so was that when uh, you started having a, an influence towards art or when did that, uh, when did that happen? Yeah, well, that's when I got into art, but that's not when I got into visual art. That's when I got into poetry. So when I graduated with my degree in finance, you know, um, that's when I started to like listen to that idea of do what you love, you know. And at the time, the only thing that I knew that I loved was hip hop. I'm like a crazy hip hop head, you know. And I grew up. Me too, man. To like, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like a brotherhood. Like people around our age group, people that grew up on real hip hop, we could connect like instantly. You know, I could just say like, yo, do you like sure. EPMD? And you'd be like, yeah, and you like Redman? And you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's a brotherhood. But um, sure. yeah, you know, so everybody has their rapper that represents their views and their journey and their narrative, man. That's what I always say. Every generation ever since rap started, there is always somebody that sticks out to you as your voice, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Just, yeah, continue. Like your personal dude. My, my personal dude is KRS-One. Okay, right? okay, okay. I like that. that. I right? like that. Yeah. But, I like uh, that. He has a great voice, man. You know, KRS-One to me always, uh, like I said, is, you know, one of the original, man. Sound of the police, man. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Continue. Yeah, but so, um, so senior year of college was when I started to pay attention to the idea of do what you love. And all of my classmates were graduating and taking jobs for like 60 grand, 70 grand, working at like Price Waterhouse Coopers and all these, you know, Procter and Gamble, whatever these, these companies, you know? And I was like, I don't even understand that. Like when you get a job with one of those companies, what do you even do? Like, what does that shit even mean? <laughs> like, I was just confused. I was like, I don't. Listen don't to that accent. It. It's such an interesting accent. My accent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
So yeah, I was just like confused by the real world. I'm like, I don't really want to take one of these jobs that I don't really understand. Sure. And it's just enticing because it pays a lot. So I was like, okay, so what do I love? Hip hop. Okay, so what does that mean? I'm going to work in the hip hop industry. I'm going to work at a record label. And then I'm going to start my own record label, you know, down the line. Nice. And so believe it or not, I was actually at the time very influenced by Puff Daddy. Not, not so much his music, you know, like. But hey, just, Puffy's a king, man. Puffy in yeah. terms of business. Hey, every, a lot of people are buying Ciroc not knowing, no, not knowing that that's, that's putting bread in Puffy's pockets, man. You, you know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. So anyways, you, you don't have to deal with that, uh, oh, bad boy, so we kind of stuff here, man. Don't worry. You don't have to explain yourself. Yeah, Puffy. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But so I was just inspired by his work ethic and his story. And so I remember at the time, like right my senior year, I was reading this unauthorized biography of Sean Combs. And he he was an intern. He was an intern at Uptown Records. And he went from intern, you know, to to fucking Puff Daddy. So I was like, okay, that's the formula I'm going to follow. I'm going to get an internship at a record label because... What I realized was, you know, in the record industry, they don't care if you have a college degree. They don't care how well you did in college. You, you're supposed to just get an internship and work your way up. And it's all about who you know. And I didn't know anybody. So I just networked my ass off online, you know, from my apartment in Florida. And I somehow got an interview with Columbia Records and I got an internship with them. So, nice. like I said, all my friends were graduating and making majors. 60 grand right off the bat. And I moved to New York to take a job that paid zero, you know, it paid zero dollars. <laughs> hey, so, the music, I'm, I, but just, just let me cut in real quick. I'm a musician. I'm a DJ. I produce hip hop artists. Um, so I know the music industry, man. It's a fucked up industry, man. It's yeah. people alive. And uh, I get it, man. That's more big ups to you for taking that chance. But anyways, please continue. Yeah, so, you know, that's that's what I did. So I moved up to New York, and I took this internship at Columbia Records. I was working in the product marketing department. I wasn't really learning much, like like actual learning, like them teaching me stuff. I was learning, though, like I was learning about myself, and I was learning that I didn't really like the industry as much as I thought. You know, I realized I like the music, but that doesn't mean I want to work in that industry. But... I was mm -hmm. learning that, but I was giving myself a lot of time to keep learning that. You know, I wanted to really make sure, like, do I really not like this or what? You know what Can I mean? Can I ask you why you didn't like it? Because let me tell you something. I've worked, I produce rappers, and actually uh, I don't produce hip-hop anymore. Even I, I produce house music because uh, I put in my time, <laughs> if, yeah. if, if you know what I mean. And uh, at the end of the day, like, I didn't like it because I didn't like the people inside the industry, man. At the end of the day um you know hip-hop industry is a tough industry man there's a lot of a lot of hard heads and i'm just not that guy at the end yeah. of the day you, you know what i mean but what about you man what did you what did you uh uh what did you not like about the music or the hip-hop industry whichever one uh you were talking about well i guess i just didn't i didn't like it because it just tainted my vision you know like as a kid i grew up listening to the music and enjoying the music and the culture and then once it became a job and I was in these offices with these people treating it like a industry, it just took away some of the, the magic of it, you know? And like I said, I was, I was always extremely ambitious, 
and I've always been good with like networking and stuff. And I remember like reading about Puff Daddy and how he networked his way up. And I remember I, um, I went to Don Einer's office. Don Einer right. was the CEO of, of Columbia Records. And I went to his office and I spoke to his assistant and I said, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an intern in the product marketing division. I would like to um, see if I could set up an interview with Don Einer, just like an informational interview so I can introduce myself. And she was like, who's your supervisor? And I was like, <laughs> uh, Laura Klein? And she was like, okay, maybe you should talk to her. And then Laura Klein called me into her office and she was like, I understand you tried to meet with Donald Einer. And I was like, yeah. She's like, we don't do that here. She's like, there are, she's like, there are employees. Can't talk to the guy. Here. Yeah, she's like, you know, and that's when I learned like the industry is like, uh, you know, it, it's, they treat people like, you know, up on a pedestal and it's like, it's well, not, that's the cool as you think you know like i almost got fired for that that's, that's so silly crazy. you know what let me let me just uh agree with you on that man i mean at the end that you know what these these big record labels man these guys have been around since like running the same sh fucking shit since the 50s man taking advantage yeah. of artists and then just like churning them out through a fucking meat grinder man you know they're hurting so bad right now because oh, yeah. they cannot do concerts right now and if there's a major yeah fuck those guys yeah if there's a major record la label executive listening right now fuck you bitch ah. it's seriously How's okay it feel? How's fuck it feel, all of right? you okay this is the time for you guys to sit on your ass and reevaluate whether you should do this career just like every artist you fucking use has had to do okay yeah uh, payback's a fucking bitch ain't it <laughs> but anyways like how i kind of back to you the current the current industry man i love it music industry it's frustrating because you you're in a sea of people trying to get heard everybody's trying to get heard but nowadays you just upload that shit yourself you want some t-shirts yeah. Go print them yourself. You want some records? Go print them yourself, man. And it's all about yeah. you getting that uh, noticing. And, you know, hopefully the cream floats to the top, man, before, you know. But at the end of the day, the true art, man, just post it up on SoundCloud, your music, man. Because if people dig that shit, they will share it and you will blow up. You know what I mean? But anyways, I, I keep on interrupting you, man, because I have a you know passion for music, man. And I've been there where you were at, man. And yeah. I think that, like, that whole, like, record label hierarchy it's just like whatever man that all that shit will fall you know but anyways so yeah. your your uh intern job at you know at uh columbia yeah yeah so i did the internship at columbia and then i got a paid position at um arista records which was clive davis's label yeah and at arista i worked in the international marketing division nice. and then from there, I got another paid position. Actually, it was a temp position, but it was paid. So I finally was getting something per hour. And uh, so then I got a, a temp position at um, J Records. And J Records was Clive Davis's second label. Sure. And so on J Records, we had Busta Rhymes. We had yep. Rod Stewart, Luther Vandross, Alicia Keys, you know, a lot of big people. And so there, I worked as an assistant to the senior director of urban publicity. And I hated him and he hated me. He was like just this angry dude. And um, I had to go in, I went in before every single person in the whole office because 
my job was to basically create a newspaper every morning. Every single morning I went in at 7 a.m. and I had to get like the New York Times, the New York Post, the LA Times, like, like six different major periodicals. And I had to read every single one of them and cut out every single article that had anything to do with music. And then I would photocopy all of them and create like a packet. And then I've heard of this before. that whole packet. And that packet had to be on everyone's desk before they walked in. And I'm making like <laughs> nine bucks an hour. You know what I mean? Doing this bullshit. But, um, so. Wow, dude. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, you know what, though? You're uh, like, please, man, please have another at that time, right? You, you know what I mean? You're talking about my closer. fucking nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, you yeah. know what? Just real quick. You know what's funny? Donald Trump has an assistant that cuts that reads all the media articles and cuts them out. Actually, he, they highlight them and they put them on his desk with a little um, a post-it notes so he can read everything that's written about him, period, basically, every single day. Just, uh, yeah, he, he, you know what I mean? But anyways, yeah, it's, it's pretty common New York big, you know, big wig practices, man. But yeah, yeah. it's just busy work, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But so that's what I did. But Anyways, so, I mean, I, I'll speed it up so we can get to the exciting part. Oh, we love like, it, man. Keep going. Artists. But, um, so I did that for a while, right? But back when I was interning at Columbia Records, you know, Columbia didn't pay me, so I had to get, like, a job job to, to pay my bills. And so I got a job working on the streets as a comedy club promoter. So my job was basically to stand on the street corners and just walk up to pedestrians and say, before. hey, what's up? You like comedy clubs? And then I would sell them tickets to Which a comedy club. Shout them out. <laughs> yeah. So that was for the New York Comedy Club in Chelsea. And I also did Stand Up New York on the Upper East Side. Okay. But, so I did that like part time while I was at Columbia. And then I finished my Columbia internship and I got the paid job with J Records and the paid job with Arista. And then once, um i got fired from j records i was like okay i don't like the music industry at all but like what am i gonna do you know for a living and so i called my old boss from the comedy club and i ended up going back to doing that and that was the best decision i ever made because i went into that like full time full force and it really like made me a man like it made me confident you know i stood on the street corners all day and just walked up to people and like there is no better uh education than that you know what i mean like just meeting people all day increased my confidence like meeting girls i would walk up to like the hottest chicks in in manhattan with the utmost confidence you know walk up to models and be like hey what's up you like comedy clubs let me talk to you for a minute what's your name you know what i mean and that's <laughs> nice that's how builder. I learned how to talk to women, you know, and how to just talk to people, period. But so anyways, now being exposed to the music industry and being a kid that grew up on hip hop, I then started to like rap myself. And so I started recording um, just on my computer and I would like, you know, write little raps in a notebook. And then I started recording with like these basic programs. This was before Pro Tools. And then I um, put out like three CDs and I started selling my CDs on the street, 
you know, and I applied the same concept as the comedy tickets. So I would walk up to people with headphones and I'd be like, yo, listen to this, this is me, blah, 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 blah. But after a little while of doing that, I realized I'm not a rapper. Like, I don't have any rhythm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I can write well, I can rhyme, and like, I'm, I'm a student of the craft, but I'm not like intrinsically a rapper. So that's when I discovered spoken word poetry. And I started going to all these different open mic nights all over Manhattan and Brooklyn and Queens. And I started watching Deaf Poetry Jam. And I was like immensely inspired by Deaf Poetry Jam and by all the poets that I would meet at the open mics. And I was like, okay, this is me. This is my voice. Like, this is what I am. And I started to see that there was a lot of other poets that were like, hip hop influenced, but they weren't rappers, they were poets, you know? So that's when I really like discovered myself. So for years, that's what I did in New York. I sold tickets on the street all day and I wrote poetry all day between conversations with people. And then all night I would be at different open mic nights at all the most popular spots like the New Eureka Poets Cafe and all that. And then I moved back to Florida um, like around 2005 and I started going to a lot of open mics and I started to see like these ain't nothing compared to New York you know like and so I wanted I wanted to like you know improve the scene so I started to host all my own events and so I start and then that started a whole new chapter in my life and so around age 25 I started hosting and producing and promoting all of my own events it was mainly open mic nights, but then I started to like splinter off and do like specialized things. So my open mic nights were open format. So I had comedians, poets, rappers, singers, songwriters, everything. And then I met enough rappers that I started doing like, like hip hop showcases. And I met enough comedians and I started doing comedian showcases. And I did author showcases where I would have like a panel of independent authors and I would interview them and they would read excerpts from their books. And so whatever, I did that for a while. And I started to, now at that time, I started to meet a lot of visual artists. And this was like the first time that I started to meet like artists, you know, like before that, my only experience with art was like in high school, learning about Da Vinci or whatever, you know, like the, the classic dudes. Mm -hmm. But sure. so now I'm in Florida, 2005, 2006, around Boca Raton, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and I'm meeting all these visual artists and I started to implement <laughs> and I started to implement like live art at my events. So I would have like an open mic and I would have like two or three artists doing live art. And then I just started to like know everybody. Like I just got to a point where everybody in South Florida knew me and I knew everybody. And with all those resources and all that connectivity between me and the whole community, then some friends approached me and they were like, we want to start a magazine because we're graphic designers. So we could, we could design the mag. You've got writing skills and you know everybody. So you could be like the talent scout. You could be the writer and you got like sales skills. So you could also be the salesperson and we'll design it. So we started a magazine that focused on every aspect of art, visual art and all the performing arts. And so then like 2012, 13, 
the magazine started to like fade a bit and all the events started to fade a bit. Like my passion for them diminished a little. And I also just started to see it from a logical point of view. Like this doesn't really pay that well anymore, you know? And, but I was now starting to get very inspired by the artists that I was meeting. Mm. And so that is when I realized I'm an artist, you know? So again, I found my voice sure. like I did with poetry a few years before. So I, I always had very interesting handwriting, you know? And like, when I was in high school, I wrote very, very, very small. And I was like very thorough with my homework. I was a super nerd. I got like- Did you write small? Like, Cause you, were, you had to write on stuff to cheat, man. Cause that's what I did, dude. You, <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, well, I didn't really cheat. I was, I was, too, I was too nerdy and too moral. Okay, okay, for sure. But I wrote really small because I just took like really, um thorough notes you know sure. and and a lot of my classes would have a test where it was open notes so instead of actually taking notes i would literally write out the entire chapter from a book and then when i took the test i had the whole book there in my handwriting to reference <laughs> it and what's funny is nice i didn't even need to look back at my notes because when you write out an entire chapter you, you absorb it, it you yeah. know so i would take the test and i would have a handwritten copy of the book right in front of me and i didn't even need it and i would ace the test but so that's what i'm saying is like later like 2012 2013 was when it all started to make sense and i was like okay i met this guy he's a graffiti artist i met this girl she does portraits you know i met this and i'm meeting all these people that are artists and I'm realizing that my handwriting has artistic merit, you know, and I'm realizing like, I'm an artist too. So then I just got really into like the theme of like blue ink on yellow legal paper. Yeah, I, I, so that I, I became, understand that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that became my thing. And when I made my business cards, my first like round of business cards, that's how they look. Yellow paper with blue ink in like 2012 and still that's how they look eight years later that's how my business cards look so then i started doing a lot of writing on yellow paper with blue ink really 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 small just like my notes from high school and i just started to frame them and i was like okay once you frame them they look they look really good <laughs> and yeah. i was dating this girl that was um there was a hairstylist at a salon and she was like, you know, maybe I could talk to my boss. We could get your art hung up at my salon. So her boss agreed and they hung up my art. I'm just going to share the screen up, real quick of one okay. of your, uh, one of your. And uh, so they um, hung up my art in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I want to share the screen of one of your business cards, man. You do have lovely handwriting, bro. You, you know, what I mean? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Definitely. It is lovely. <laughs> yeah, well, those are my stickers. Okay, those that's a sticker, stickers, not a business card. Okay. My business card is everything. Yeah, but that's the theme, always, always. And nice. that'll never change. I'll be like 80 years old doing that. But um, so I displayed my art in the bathroom of a salon, and I sold some. And then I just got more and more into it, and I started to realize, like, this is me. This is my shit. Handwriting. And then I, you know, uh created the term handwritten artist. That's, I'm a handwritten artist and I do handwritten art. And then I did my first mural in Wynwood and, you know, um, 
Wynwood is, you know, probably the most important and well-known art district in the world, really. And so I did my first mural in 2014 during Art Basel in nice. Wynwood. And when I did that, that was in many ways like the launch, you know, like that was it. That was my shit. Like, okay, now it's official. And so at the time I was also doing some other things like to make money. I wasn't yet really making money as an artist. So I worked at a sandwich shop. I worked at a protein bar manufacturer. I worked at a juice shop. You know, I did carpet installation, window cleaning, all sorts of hustles. I would donate blood for money, all sorts <laughs> of shit. I would, I would just find shit on the street and sell it. Like I found a dog cage and I put it on Craigslist, you know, like just shit like that. Yeah. But, um, so, but then, you know, I did this mural and that's around the time I got on Instagram and like the mural blew up on Instagram. And, and I was also doing a lot, a lot of found object art because I was living out of my car. This was before I got a van. So I'm sleeping in a car and um, I would just spend a lot of time walking around Miami Beach. I was parking in Miami Beach most of the time. And I, I was always like a garbage picker. I was always a dumpster <laughs> diver. And so I would always find stuff and either try to sell it or give it to someone that I knew could use it, whatever it was I found. But then I got to a point where I was like, I was finding a lot of wood, a lot of like furniture wood. And I was like, man, I keep finding wood, but there's like no real use for it. I can't just sell a chunk of wood. But then I got the idea to write on it. And once I write on it, then I can sell it, you know? <laughs> so I started doing, you know, what they call found object art. And so yeah. I did a lot of found object art in 2012 and 2013. And I did, a, I did my first solo art show in 2013 and it featured a lot of my found object art and a lot of my yellow paper art and then um then i did the mural and then after i did the mural is when i discovered canvases like before that i didn't even know where you could buy a canvas you know i, I was <laughs> clueless and then i discovered michael's and i'm like oh michael's is the shit so then i started i started that discount on the way out man the fuck was that I said, no, there's always like a hidden discount that you got to ask for that if you don't give. But anyways, I, I digress, man. But yeah, yeah. No, you, you got to get on the email list. That's yeah. The <laughs> Artists and uh, old ladies, man. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's yeah. their list, bro. <laughs> hey, I, get, I get a lot of my stuff at Michael's uh, yeah. crafts as well, man. So shout hey, out to Michael's wants man. to sponsor the show, man. I mean. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> bro, you should holler at them. You should. But uh, so, yeah, you know, then I finally started doing canvases and then I just started doing, you know, getting very involved in the art community in Miami. And like I said, I was kind of already involved, but that was like a few years before. And I kind of slipped out while I was busy, like making sandwiches and like doing other shit. <laughs> but then once I became like an artist and, and I started hanging out in Miami more than Fort Lauderdale, then I started to meet everyone uh, again. And now it was like, again, everyone knew me and I knew everybody, but it was a little different because now they knew me as an artist. So I was like redefining myself. I wasn't the guy that does the magazine. I wasn't mm. the poet, you know, I, I was an artist and I was the guy that did that mural that everyone was taking pictures of. And so, you know, basically that's kind of it. Like that leads I was still considering you a poet though, bro. 
because uh, you have some really, really nice work. Like, even if they're one-liners, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you got some really nice words, man. Um, Thank you. For yeah, example, man. the uh, the shirt that uh, that he's wearing right now, uh, one of the things that we saw, yeah. I love it. Your comfort zone will kill you. That's brilliant. And you know what? Let me just pull let me just pull it up right here because this is back, I don't know how long, uh, 166 weeks ago. <laughs> Instagram actually <laughs> doesn't let me go back. But you know, this is something like your found object art, man. You know, a lot a lot of uh, I love it because it's on a ma it's your comfort zone will kill you. And uh, what, what it is, is uh, it looks like it's within a maze, man, you, you, you know? Yeah. So um, to me, you know, it's funny because uh, your comfort zone, which is your bed a lot of times, you, you know, I mean, it's written on a throwaway mattress, man. I love that, man. And Thank uh, you. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's in New York City somewhere. It's in Pennsylvania, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, for just, just oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks similar, you, you, you know what I mean, in terms of uh, the background, for sure. But, yeah, yeah, man, I love that, man. I love it. Because, like I said, man, to me, this is still like poetry, you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah exactly, man. I, I love that. So, dude, man, what a, what an interesting... The poetic story. artist. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, I still consider myself a poet, for sure. But I just, I'm not, like, um, active as a spoken word poet. You know, it's sure. not my... It's not my main thing, but I'm an artist and, you know, I just love being an artist. I don't know, like, there's nothing else I love more in life than just, like, being myself and enjoying it and making money and traveling and meeting people. And just being an artist is what enables me to do all the other things that I love, you know, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing, you know, and it, it's sometimes it takes a while, you know, some people in their 20s, uh figure out their life's purpose but yeah. some people you know it's in their 40s or their 50s or whatever so i just look at it like it's always been a natural evolution you know i evolved from like kid who loves hip-hop to spoken word poet to event producer to you know visual artist and traveling international mural artist you know sure you know what man international what I, yeah yeah what, I've been what, to Oh, wow. Which countries have you been to? I did murals in Haiti, Trinidad, Mexico, the United States, Italy, Spain, France, and England. I think that's eight. Wow. So, dude. dude, that's awesome, man. You, you know what? Go ahead, Teach. What was, uh, what was the last country you were in? Uh... I guess the last country I did was Trinidad. Um, yeah, when was that? That was, um, that was, I guess, like a year ago, a little over a year ago. That was like last March. How long um, were you there? Around the time of, of uh, Carnival or Carnival right. or whatever. So I, just, I, did, yeah. I did like four murals in Trinidad, and that was wow. awesome. How long but, were you there? Uh, yeah. I was there for like uh, nine or ten days. Nice. So wow. yeah. So so there's a Four few things. That time. There's a few things as hard. I'm scrolling through your timeline, man. That like like I said, I always find these like weird connections, and I feel like there's just energies that draw towards each other. You you, you know what I mean? Like, and one of the things I love, man, because before first of all, I, I'm just noticing your, your Instagram, and you did a piece with Uncut Art, right? 
I'm going to yeah. show this. Uh, I'm going to sh share this. This is what I mean by we're all connected. We just had him on the show like uh, a, a little bit ago, man. And let me tell you, this collaboration is, is wow. Sick, man. It's sick because, uh, like I said, oh, man, it's just visual. There's something about both your guys' handwriting, his stencil and your handwriting together, man. It's just, it's, it's awesome, man. Like, you know what I mean? It just yeah. pops, you know? And I love that guy. I love him. <laughs> Yeah, he was on the show, man. Go check out. The, I don't know if you checked out the episode, but it was cool. He showed us around his studio and uh, uh, you, you know what I mean? So it's just like really cool to, uh, uh, like I said, we're all connected in, in this uh, street art and just artist world, man. Another thing yeah. I wanted to bring up, man, is just like, look, look one of your first few things that, uh, um, you know, you were, uh, I guess, writing basically is uh, world peace, man. And, you know, teacher basically his mantra, his motto is teach peace, man. You, you know what I mean? So what, I, and, <laughs> what I'm just saying is that there's like this like common theme duality that we're traveling like parallel together, man. And it's just like, I felt like I already knew before even talking to you, man, that this was going to be a great conversation, man. You, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a brotherhood, bro. It's like a fraternity, man. It's like we're all <laughs> artists. We're connected, you know? Like we're part of this collective unconsciousness and we're all we're all connected into the same things. Like the way I met Uncut, like I was doing art all over Miami and I saw his work all over Miami. And then when I started traveling, I saw it in Boston, I saw it in New York. And then I met this guy named Steve in Miami that was a photographer. And he was like, you gotta meet my friend Uncut. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, who's he? And he's like, he's the guy, you might've seen his work and he starts describing it. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Like, yo, hook it up, I wanna meet him. <laughs> and so then I met him and we just hit it off. And now me and him have hung, up, hung out and, you know, all over America. And um, we've done a lot of collaborations. That one that you just showed is actually still available. So anyone interested in purchasing it, let me know. Nice. But um, we've yeah, done a lot of collabs. After the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. <laughs> But we sold a lot of work and you know he's just he's my dude I, i've crashed at his place in new york and he's he's good peeps you know but um i love and, that and man it, i like i'm grateful said, for man. art it's like a it's like a it's like a underground fraternity almost man yeah because, you know when i was in college man i wasn't a fraternity okay let me tell you something it's not the same but i get what you mean because yeah, like yeah. I, you know, like I said, I, I'm not a jock, but I hung out with a bunch of jocks and like I had to, you know, you have to like be part of the group, you know what I mean? While in the artist fraternity, man, you can be unique and and everybody kind of appreciates you while in a regular fraternity, it's like you kind of have to like function as a unit in a sense, right? So you kind of like yeah. lose your personality because you're part of this group. But I think especially in the street art, artist community, musician community, man, I mean, if you're you know, losing your, your personality, that's a bad thing, definitely. You, you know what I mean? You want yeah. to this, this whole experience, man. Dude, yeah, awesome. no, I mean, see, in this brotherhood of art, you know, we're all brothers and we're all together, but we're all individual yeah. at the same time. And then the internet is just an amazing thing because it really connects us. Like, I went to Los Angeles, I don't know, maybe like three years ago, and, um, I got a message in my DMs from Wordsmith. You know Wordsmith, of yeah. course, right? right? Yes. So I've never talked to him. I was aware of his art, but I had never talked to him before, and I didn't know that he was aware of me. But he just sent me a message, and he was like, hey, man, you're in L.A.? And I was like, yeah, I am. What's up? And he's like, let's meet up. Let's get some coffee. And I'm like, all right, awesome. <laughs> like, 
your art is great. Like, I'd love to meet you, you know? So we met up, he took me out, he bought me some coffee and a donut. And then we went, then he like just hooked me up with everything. Like he took me over to that, um, seven, five, seven, five or whatever. Melrose. Seven, three. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. So he took me there. He let me borrow his ladder. So I got up really high. Like I got two pieces on that building and they're really high. So they're not going anywhere. And, um, then he hooked me up with another spot on Melrose that, um, something like American vintage apparel or whatever. Nice. And he got me a spot on that wall. And I was just like, man, this is a cool motherfucker right here. You know? Damn, and shout out to Wordsmith, man. You know yeah, what? Phil's, yeah, uh, Phil's my buddy. He's, uh, he's yeah. a good guy. Put a lot like, of yeah, work in. He's put a lot of work in. I think he told me about you, actually. I think the way I first heard of you was uh, from him. And yeah, he was like, probably. Guy. And then I looked you up on, on Instagram and stuff. And yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. It's just really cool to like, you just travel, you do art, and then you kind of use Instagram as like your your travel guide, you know? And it, and it, <laughs> it just shows you how contact to Contact like guide, a good contact guide too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, he's good peeps, man. I just, I love all these people, you know? Um, you guys know Sack Six? I know his work, definitely. I know his work. I, actually, I just, I, I, I just had this Gandhi piece pulled up a little bit ago that yeah. he did as a collaboration. I was just saying, a lot of the themes that teacher always does, man. I mean, um, like I said, it's a lot of the same themes, man. So we know you're one of the good guys, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you I'm on the right mean? side. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, here's the thing. We do, we all, we all do our art for different reasons, you yeah. know? And um, there's, uh, there's happens to be, you know, quite a few uh, guys that, you know, have a, uh, get a very therapeutic return from this doing pieces that actually have a good message or that make other people feel good. And so when you meet someone else that's like that, you know, it is, it's like a brotherhood, you know, yeah. uh, or a club or a group or whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't want to be uh, sexist or anything, but, um, yeah. you know, James was actually pointing out to me the other day that, uh, you know, it seems like uh, street artists tend to be uh, older white guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are yeah yeah not uncut not are. uncut okay we're bringing <laughs> the diversity here you, you, you know what i mean oh thanks Steve. that was supposed to be private but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> hey I'm, no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm totally no but you know what at the end of the day <clears throat> this is how i kind of see it man we definitely I, i'm just so i was actually saying that to teach because like we have been bringing diversity in the artists, man. You know, I mean, we've been bringing Latino artists, black artists. I mean, we haven't brought women artists. Besides <laughs> but, uh, you know, people know that LA Street Art Gallery, we, we support everybody, man. And what I'm just saying is that <clears throat> I w what I would love is like if we all support each other, uh, you know, it's like anybody in this community, man, if we have an event, I don't care if they're black, white, purple, yellow, whatever. It's like, hey, man, let's just go support them as the art community. I see a lot of times like a uh, person from the black community, they'll have like a, an art show and everybody there is black, man. You, you know what I mean? It's like, how come are the, re the rest of the LA Star Gallery community can't go to this show as well, man? Where the, where the Latino art and where the Latino support and the Asian support, man? So, I mean, yeah. as a Asian person, I feel like I can kind of like say a little bit more because nope, we're like, a little bit more uh we're not in we have no skin in the game man like <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like so but i'm just saying i just think you know 
uh, teacher always has very diverse fan base, man. I, I, I think it's cool, you know what I mean? And I, I don't think it's an intentional thing. I just think it's just like, hey, at the end of the day, the people who buy art a lot of times are rich white dudes. So naturally, um, you know, that's just kind of like the group, you, you know what I mean? But it's just something I noticed. And it's so funny because we, for me, I didn't notice it until season three of this show because we're always looking at the art of the people and not the actual, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, a, like I said, I was just getting high and all of a sudden you get that light bulb and you're like, wait a second here. <laughs> we're all white. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure you know Muck Rock, right? You heard of Muck Rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jules, uh, Jules Muck. Jules Muck. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's an amazing female artist you know she's oh yeah we've had a lot of females on we've had a <clears throat> a yarn bomber uh artist named made by london we had meg zanny on you know i mean like padilla uh unfuck yourself basically we really try to uh colin miller actually was our second episode um so you know we're really trying to diversify it was just something i noticed i was like i look at <clears throat> why i noticed that was i look at a lot of other street art shows okay <laughs> you, you know what i mean and i was like hmm all white dudes, man. So, hey, you know what? So, if, if you're a street art show out there or a graffiti, uh, graffiti show, check your fucking episodes, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is there some sort of weird consistency? Because uh, people will fucking notice, man. <laughs> yeah. You got to diversify your portfolio. <laughs> you got to diversify. So, <clears throat> it's, I, there, it's almost time, man, but, you know, we're having such a great conversation. I want to go back. And talk to you a little bit about hip hop, man, because uh, because uh, um, you know I wanted you to get the end to the point where you became an artist, but I didn't want to you know skip past this. So first of all, KRS-One, man, I, I don't know if you know Teach. Um, his uh, one of his other names is actually Teacher. Yeah, there you <laughs> there you go. I thought so. I actually cut a stencil yeah. of him. <laughs> oh, you yeah, cut yeah. a stencil of him. nice. Yeah, nice. And you know what? I haven't sprayed it yet. It's like one of the eight by ten stencils, mm. and oh, Can I know what it is. real quick, or no? You know what? I'll try. I'll, give me a second. Okay, <clears> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about hip hop for a second, man. Sure. You, know, you know, for me, I'm a little bit younger than you, so I grew up more in like the Pac uh, generation. You, you know what I mean? But I still have a. I, I still love. I don't want to. That was old school for me. Now, like Tupac is considered old school, which is like yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> I know. know I mean? How do you feel about the uh, the the newer rappers, man? I mean, are you, do you still listen to hip hop, or what kind of music do you listen to now? Well, I listen to a lot of everything. You know, okay. a lot more than just hip hop. Like sure. Fiona Apple just dropped a new album. Yeah, which is it's good. Bad. Have you heard that shit? Yeah, it's Woo. good, man. <clears throat> yeah. Very very creative. It's not. Um, you know, I mean, she hasn't dropped an album since like 1996, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, that criminal song was a long time ago, man. You know, yeah, uh, that's cool, Everything man. Everything she does is a banger. But I like Fiona Apple. I, I like 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 Bob Marley. I like uh, James Brown. You know, I like um, really a little bit of everything. Like some like John Legend. What's that? Are you a um, electronic music fan at all? Just curious. Not so Not much. Really. But I, it's not that I dislike it. I just don't really know. Not enough bandwidth to, to keep track of all the different types of, you know, I get yeah. you, man. <clears throat> yeah. See, like for me, um, like, you know, I, I love hip hop. Like, like I said, man, at the end, you know, I produce for like some really, some rappers locally, you know, for me, like, you know, they're all, they're all connected and everything like that. To me, it was just kind of like, 
it was too dangerous of a scene after a little while for, for me, dude. Like, yes. to be 100% honest, man. Because, like, there would be consistently, like, fights after the shows and things like that. Or, you know, you got to deal with some motherfucker for some reason. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, man, oh, there you go. There, Teach is holding up the KRS one, man. Let's see it. We got to collab on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, check this. All right, KRS One lyrics all over it. I met KRS One a bunch of times. He's mad cool. Just, just. All right, you know we're doing this. a collab then. I just want to share yeah. this. Uh, uh, this one that he did, Teach. Check this Snoop Dogg out, Teach. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what are the, so what that's are the words on that, man? You know, a friend of mine did the Snoop, and I did the words. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. um. Sex, uh, or who? No, who did this one? Give him a industry tested. Did, yeah. did this one industry tested this one now uh what what are the words because it's a little small right here um rolling down rolling down the street smoking <laughs> indos sipping on gin and juice <laughs> nice not yeah dude so you have to think of one for your uh teacher collab man that's awesome man oh uh, yeah i've done some krs pieces and i've met him and actually the reason i do the world peace murals is because of him because what? he did a song <laughs> called world peace in like 1989 and one day I woke up and I had that song in my head and I was like, yo, that's it. That's it. World peace. Like, that's what I got to do in my murals. That's the universal message that I'm going to be able to do all over the world. And so that's what I did in Haiti and Trinidad and Spain and England. And I met KRS a few times. But the first time I met him, I told him that. I showed him a flyer that had all my world peace murals. And I was like, yo your song inspired this and i show it to him and he was loving it i mean imagine that you know if someone comes up to you and says you inspired me inspired to do this, this yeah you know and i traveled the whole world doing this because of you you know what i mean and um yeah uh, he was loving it i'm actually you know this week i was supposed to be doing live art at a krs1 concert in detroit but i'm not damn. because of the coronavirus yeah obviously but, <laughs> But um, the thing is, next next week is um, Hip Hop Appreciation Week okay. all over the world. So I'm going to show Ooh. you this. All right. So this right here, this is a piece of art that I did. It's called My Handwritten Art Tribute to Hip Hop. And this is why I got a hotel room, so I could work on this. I can't Wait. see it because your green screen is uh <laughs> Oh yeah, I see. Well you bring it close to me. If you bring it close. <laughs> yeah, send me a message and we'll post it later. Send me a message. Yeah, and we'll absolutely. Want to see it? I want to see it. I I don't know how to let me see. Hold on. Let me see if I can figure this out. <laughs> I'm not, I feel like all like, oh, I'm gonna you know. get to look at something. No, I'm not. Well get <laughs> I want to see it. Uh, okay. Maybe what? I can pull it up oh. from your Instagram page, man. Is it on there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just go to my Instagram. You'll see. There's um, there's a picture of Master Ace holding my art. I don't know if you know the rapper Master Ace. Yeah, let me see if I could. He did that song "Born to Roll," which was a big hit. But yeah. So basically, I did this piece of art where I wrote just names of rappers, and mm. I did it in 2018. And then I made prints of it and I like embarked on a mission to get pictures of all these rappers holding my art. And I got like 30 something rappers already. I got KRS-One, I got Rakim, 
I got everyone wow. from Brand Nubian. I got everyone from the Jungle Brothers. I got a tribe called Quest. I got all these cats. Yeah, there's Master Ace. Oh, yeah. You see the art, right? I also did a, uh, a stencil of um, Five Dog. Oh, nice. Yeah, you got wow. a lot of stencil of rappers, man. I mean, you, you know, not that just was amazing. Five. Okay, we, let, let me let me see if you're giving the West Coast any love here, man. <laughs> yeah, the West Coast. Uh, I got. Man, you have I the got right there. That's cool. That's cool. You know what I mean? I, should... <laughs> I got Mac Ten. I got Coolio. Nice. You, you, you know? go deep. You got the Chino XL, dog. I, I, I Chino not... XL. Bro, and I met him. He's Kanye so West. cool. I hit up Chino XL. I was like, yo, I'm in St. Louis. I saw that you got a gig tonight. He's like, give me your real name. I'll put you on the list. I'm like, all right. Wow. <laughs> so I go there. I'm like, yeah, I'm on Chino XL's guest list. You know what I mean? <laughs> With Mortal Technique, bro. It was great. But yeah, so hey, the I'm working on a new version of that that I'm going to release next week. And it's going to mm. be even bigger with even more names. Nice. So that's kind of what I'm doing, you know? But yeah, you know, it's just like my, my way of showing gratitude. Like, you know, I told you my whole life story and, you know, it starts with hip hop and hip hop is what brought me. Man, I'll have to send to you here. some of my, some of uh, the tracks I produce, man. Like, I, I you know, so, uh, just tell me what you think, man, because uh, yeah, I don't produce so much like, you know, the the mumble rap stuff, really. I mean, yeah. I, I, I would, <laughs> but, you know, but, but anyways, yeah, dude, definitely. Like you said, man, that's cool because you're right. If you're like have an affinity for hip hop, man, it's like you, you really kind of like it is a brotherhood, man. You're right, because I always say yeah. that you know, in the music industry, man, they actually don't sell music to you. They sell values to you, man. You, you know, I mean. It's like you wear that band T-shirt because you want to tell everyone, hey, I listen to this band. What they're talking about represents me, man. You, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Bro, Yo, that is dope, man. <laughs> so you sprayed that out in the street before or what? Not yet. No, I haven't sprayed this one yet. <laughs> oh, okay. This one hasn't been sprayed yet. See, this is the front. When I, yeah. If the stencil is this small, um, I'll just print it out. Uh, the the picture and then I'll just cut directly on it and then um, yeah because this is the back uh, yeah and that's the front so it, it hadn't even been sprayed yet so dude this is the collaboration right here okay hell yeah man let's do that let's do that and then I'll you know, spray it on some paper I'll uh, roll it up and I'll uh, I'll uh, send it to you okay yeah okay. I just gotta figure out an address to give you but yeah I get it cracking. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, you know what? It's rolled up on an hour, man. But, you know, we got to have you on again, man. This was a great conversation, bro. Like, like ser seriously, man. And when you're in L.A., well, man. Someone like him that, that is a nomad that, you know, people are going to be wondering, like, God, I wonder what the fuck that guy's doing now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'd definitely love to have you on again. Thanks so much for, uh, for being with us today, man. And check this yeah, out, man. Yeah. Uh, when I come to L.A., I'll hit you up for sure, man. I you hope can you I'll be out there soon. You can crash in my oh, really? pad, dude. All right, I, I, you know, you know, I mean, you got a home in yeah, LA. James man. got a nice place. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know what I mean. As long as uh, you know, we work on some collabs together or something. Maybe you can rap for me or something, man. Hell yeah! <laughs> what, what part of Are LA you are you in? Uh, I, I'm by Disneyland, man. I'm OC actually, so uh, yeah, yeah. But um, okay. yeah, man, definitely, man. I would love to, you know, to when you're like I said, when you come. You know, over, when man, you're gonna be in LA? No, I don't, but I just know I'm traveling aggressively, and I know that, like, flights are getting kind of cheap, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, you know, I might be there in the next few months. Uh, 
I'm also definitely going to New York. I'm participating in Art Expo New York in October. But um, yeah, it could be anytime soon. Um, I might even just How go do, to- uh, If people would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you to uh, you know, buy your stuff or support you or whatever? Um, my Instagram is uh, pretty much the main thing. And you know, it's just Renda Writer, R-E-N-D-A-W-R-I-T-E-R. But yeah, I mean, I got Instagram, Facebook, and then a regular website, renderwriter.com. But, uh, you know, I answer my DMs and, you know, I, I encourage people to contact me all the time. You know, like that's, that's why I'm in the game. I'm not trying to just like do art and then retreat into my hole. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing yeah. art so I can connect with people, you know, like I get lonely sometimes, you know, I, I need <laughs> we all do, man. I like to connect, you know, and see what's up and talk about life with uh, people. And um, I like to sell my art too, most importantly, you know? And that's why I got stuff for like $15 up to like three grand, you know? So I try and hit every price point, you know, and make everyone happy. That's the way to know? do it, man. Yeah. Yep. You know yeah. If, you, stuff. if you send us some stickers, man, um, we'll definitely like distribute it out. We've been uh, uh, just, just a, the last thing before we sign off right here. Um, we have a Patreon, basically. Um, you know, we don't need, we don't, uh, we, if you want to find a way to support us, guys, uh, basically, this is our $10 package, basically. $10 a month teacher sent out this uh, uh, package. It comes, you know, this is a dope-ass deal, man. You get a print, stickers, you know, a sculpture, and two, two uh, you know, sculpture things, man. You, you know, basically, 10 bucks a month and support us for the podcast, man. So, uh, you know, if you want to check out uh, our Patreon, there's a lot of different tiers from five bucks all the way. If you're a business, you want to advertise with us, uh, you know, just come check it, come check it out. Patreon.com slash PTTP show. Okay, guys. Uh, so, dude, man, like I said, when you're in L.A., man, just just hit us up. And then, like, I love to hang with you, man. It, it, it would be it would be dope, man. And uh, absolutely. Thank you so absolutely. much for coming on the show, man. All right. Thanks, peace, bro. guys. Take care, Pleasure. man. Peace. Take it easy. And it-